So as we started these podcasts, I was using introduction music like soundtracks from Captain America the Winter Soldier, and I'm starting to actually sort of run out of ideas to start introductions for this. Do you have any ideas, Aiden? Um, let me think. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Uh, try this. Was that Wonder Woman's theme from Zack Snyder's Justice League? Yeah. Okay, this is Marvel. And this is the Marvel Cinematic right. Universe. We right. need to use Marvel okay. music. Right? Yep. We can't Got do it. DC stuff like this. Yeah, sorry. Try okay. something else. Okay, um, let me look, let me look. Um, scrolling, scroll. Okay, okay, I got it. What about this? You are familiar with the thought experiment, the ship of Theseus. Dude, we already used that. Alright, we need to start something new. Something... Something real, okay. something cool that okay. the audience will like. Let me scroll back up. I think I have one. Alright, try this. Alrighty, here we go. For those of you who actually haven't seen Zack Snyder's Justice League, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but all I can say is that in the Snyder Cut, whenever Wonder Woman is put on screen, she gets this music behind her that... It's just like an elegant, like Amazonian music. It's like Emma, Amazonian. I don't remember how it goes. Is it Amazonian or Amazonian? It's we need one to, of the two. We need to figure that out before we continue this. We'll Is email, it Amazon? We'll email Amazon. Contact at Amazon.com. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. But that's it. Was a pretty good movie. If I, I would say myself. I, yeah, no, I would say it. It was right at kind of the expectation mm-hmm. for me, at least. It was a little bit above my expectation for the movie. Yeah. Besides Which, the fact that it was in 4-3 aspect ratio compared to 16 by 9. Yep, exactly what I was thinking, almost verbatim. But we're not here to talk about the Snyder Cut. We're here to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and five. the Winter Soldier. Episode 5 is named Truth, and it uh, takes place what seems like immediately after John Walker kills Nico from the Flag Smashers. <coughs> and the, are you alright? <laughs> not even two minutes in here? Man. <laughs> <laughs> that went right down the wrong... Do you see me, like, sit back? I was trying not to, like, choke. <laughs> yeah, right. We're not sponsored by Bang Energy, but if we were, uh, wink, wink. Yeah. Put that out there. <coughs> okay, I'm done. So, yeah, what seems like immediately after the last episode the whole world is watching, uh, John Walker is seen running into uh, what looks like an abandoned building with some, like, factory and machine parts, and uh, the camera is sort of distorted and a little blurry, um, and it's it's almost like the director wants to put the audience in John Walker's shoes, like what he's feeling. And in this moment, he's feeling you know not his head's his head's not in the game. Right. It's he's kind of doesn't have control of this whole super soldier serum thing right. yet. And I and I think it's like like you said, like the camera movements and the music, and you know when they focus on his head, the camera's not staying still, and it's mm-hmm. kind of. You know, it's putting you in John Walker's head of what's going on, you know? Right. He's not thinking clearly. He's not acting, you know, with pure intentions. And, you know, I feel like the super soldier, super soldier serum that he took is definitely affecting him at this point mentally. Mm-hmm, for sure. And emotionally because it's just, you know, like we said in the last episodes, the couple past, a couple, you know, of them in the past, you know, he starts kind of growing out that beard and... That's in my mind symbolizes a little bit of you know his mental stability, and so the correlation would be you know the thicker the beard or the scruffy or whatever, you know the more the less control he has 
over his own, you know, thoughts, actions, and feelings. Yeah, you could say the less he takes care of himself, the less he is having more or less control in that mind. Right, and so, you know, in that scene, it's, you know, that all the camera movements and the light there. I mentioned that to you when, when I watched it is, you know, the camera movements kind of show that he doesn't like really know what's going on, Mm-mm. but he's just kind of acting on a whim. And I think that that's part of the like, super soldier serum. But then we see right after this scene, he kind of just falls in this almost defeat, just right to his knees, shield up, and he's just holding the shield, like almost in like a prayer stance. Like, you know, it's just a very pure moment that we see from John Walker. Right. And the thing that makes it, in my mind, so pure is the great, you know, purposeful lighting that they had shining through the window that everything around him is dark. But in this one moment, he feels this sense of humanity that in my mind, the super soldier serum took away from him. Yeah, he feels just, as a character, completely defeated. Yeah. It's actually catching up to him that he just killed a man and he's thinking about it. You know, in that last scene of the episode, he looked just completely unfazed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just watching everybody look at him and sort of twitching, and he just didn't look like he was, he had any emotional or physical control of himself. And Sam and Bucky find him like this, and Sam uh, attempts to convince him to to stop um, his madness and to basically just give him the shield. And as soon as he says, you got to give me the shield, man, uh, John sees right through it. And he's, he says that, he, he says, I see what you're doing here. And uh, then he says, you don't want to do this. And Bucky, after a second, goes, yeah, we do. Was it even a second? I mean, it seemed pretty. He was kind of looking down, and then he just was like, yeah. He he knew he wanted to, you know, beat up John Walker at that point. He was he was over him. I feel like he's felt they both have felt that like <laughs> yeah, they really. Hated it. They hate the whole thing, but yeah, right. this this huge fight ensues. Um near the beginning, Bucky uh smartly, I think, disarmed John of that gun he has on his hip holster. Um so he wouldn't be able to use that, which is really good. And Sam uses his suit and his little back thruster in his pack um with his wings to attack John and to Really sweep him off his feet and things like this that we see throughout the whole fight scene. Eventually, John uh, hucks the shield at Bucky and it sh- it just shoots him across the room into a wall. Um, he wields it right there at one point. Bucky does, but uh, John comes up to him and takes the shield back after a little bit of fight. Right. And at that point, he throws Bucky into a column into like an electrical panel, and it looks like his vibranium arm sort of shorts out a little bit yeah you can see some electricity running through there um not fully though you know we see it back in action in a little bit here and after this sam who's been on the ground um sees the shield that eventually gets disarmed and is put right in the middle of him and john walker and i feel like this is a little callback to uh avengers endgame when the gauntlet's just kind of sitting there in the final battle and iron man sees it and he sees thanos going to grab it and instead of actually grabbing the shield, he pushes Thanos out of the way, which is what John actually does to Sam. So neither of them can get the shield. But the uh, Bucky gets up from his arm actually shorting out. And you hear the song Civil War from Captain America Civil War come into play as Bucky gets up after uh, hitting John. That bum, 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 bum. Right. A really powerful moment. And Bucky throws John into Sam, um, who's running at him with the shield. So it's sort of like a like a little team-up moment that we've seen in, I want to say, Avengers Age of Ultron when Captain America holds up his shield and Thor strikes down Mjolnir onto the shield and mm-hmm. that shockwave just takes out those uh, Hydra agents, which is really cool. And then Bucky picks up the shield and he's kind of standing there and 
in, in that light that you were talking about that's mm-hmm. shining through the window. Right. And he's the only one that's in that light holding the shield, and you see the silhouette, but then you see the color on the shield come around, and there's, like, a lens flare shining on yeah. it. Which is, which is, like, a... I want to say it's a symbolism to the fact that maybe they have the shield now, so they're in that light, and that light is showing that they're the good guys, almost. You know, John yeah. Walker's a good guy, but he's taking it the, in an entirely different direction. Is he a direction. good guy, though? Right. <laughs> I also I also feel like that moment was maybe, you know, I don't think the shield is like, you know, has Steve's spirit in it, but you know, for Bucky later in the later in the episode he talks about how, you know, the shield to him is the most important thing in his life right now. It was Steve, but now that Steve's gone, the closest thing he has to a friend. Right. It's the closest thing he had to family, and so, you know, when he's holding that shield a little bit, I feel like he it's the moment of like, you know, the shield was gone, so Bucky didn't really have a family or friends or whatever. And now that he has a shield back, you know, he feels like he has his family back. And I feel like that's what the light kind of represents is, you know, Steve yeah. being like, you know, what's up, Bucky? I'm here for you, pal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he throws the shield down to Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, people, I, one, of my, one of my other friends who watched this said that Bucky was kind of, looked kind of angry when he threw it down to Sam. Mm-hmm. I disagree with that. I think, you know, they were both just kind of winded from fighting. And uh, he just gave the shield to Sam because he wants to respect the fact that Steve wanted to give it to him. Yeah, I agree with that. And then, I mean, also Bucky kind of had his own stuff to take care of. Right. You know, and we see right after this that um, Sam and uh, Torius are talking about, um, you know, what's happening now that, you know, John John killed that guy. And uh, Torius says something about, you know, it isn't just like Captain America killed some guy. It's Captain America killed somebody mm-hmm. internationally on international soil. Like it's involving everybody. It's not just an American thing. And and he said the GRC is conducting raids to find Carly and the mm-hmm. rest of the flag, right. flag smashers. Um, Sam and Bucky are together with Tories at this point, and Bucky's about to leave. But Sam asks Bucky if, if he's going to take care of Zemo, uh, find him. You know, we don't know where he disappeared to in episode right. four. But he asked him that, and then Joaquin Torres is there, and uh, I don't. I I know hearing about this from Gabe told me that the uh, mantle of the Falcon was actually taken up by Torres for a bit in the comics. Yeah, I've, um, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that online because um, they're you know they had this conversation about the government's now stepping in because of how big the situation is, mm-hmm. so they're kind of getting you know thrown off. Um, and then Torres starts talking about how Carly's like really underground. They're never going to be able to find her. Right. Sam, you know, tells him good job and starts to leave. And Torres goes, hey, man, don't you want the wings? And Sam goes, keep them, you know. So for Sam, he's letting go of the wings of his past. And now that he has the shield, he wants to start becoming the person Steve Rogers wanted him to be. But, you know, on the flip side, Torres kind of looks at the wings. And I think that this could be kind of an iota to you know, some other team that Taurus is going to be a part of when he takes up the Falcon Mantle. Yeah, speaking of the Wings, totally forgot to mention this. In that fight between Sam, Bucky, and John, uh, John oh, ended yeah. up straddling Sam and just ripping his wings off. Barehanded. Before that, saying, I am Captain America. You know, he's deluded at this point. Yeah, no, he, yeah, John is, um, yeah, no, Buddy's way gone. Just throughout this entire episode, he just seems void of all emotion and all, sure. <laughs> anything. He just seems... You know, there's an end credit scene. We'll get into that later. But even then, he's just like, I'm Captain America. Like, I I am Captain America. There's nothing that you can do to stop me. Mm-hmm. And he uh, says that multiple times throughout the episode. Multiple times, yeah. 
But yeah, or Torres is asking about the wings because you know they're ripped off and they're in this bag, and then uh, Sam leaves with Cap Shield, and that's like you said when he said you forgot the wings, and he said keep them, and we're like oh as an audience you know like is he gonna mm-hmm. become Captain America? Is this happening yet? You know, um, we cut to John Walker who's in in what seems to be like a, a governmental court. And they basically tell him that he's stripped of his title and authority as Captain America, effective immediately. Uh, the council recommends against a court-martial because of his work for the country, and they are just mandating him this the whole time. And he starts to lose his cool and says that everything he's done, he's done well, his whole job as Captain America. Uh, they say he will receive an honorable discharge, but he will lose his rank and receive absolutely no benefits. And then he says one more time, I am Captain America. And the head guy says, not anymore. And mm-hmm. then as he continues talking, the uh, board, he John just leaves the building. As he's talking, he just starts walking. He says, I, I don't remember what he says, just like, keep walking, John or Walker. And then he says, return the shield to us with expedience. So the government want the shield back, but we find out uh, in a little bit from Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, who's... <laughs> Also, she, she prefers to be called Val, but then she says, don't call me Val, uh, played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who all I can think of when I see this character is Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld. That's, yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. That's why it was really, it was hard to understand the scene to not see her in a comedic role. Right. You know, it seemed, she was kind of funny, the stuff she was saying, but it, it's more serious. And I'm yeah. like, you know, where's Jerry? And, right. <laughs> and like, yeah. my one, or my brother Mike said, uh, he was waiting for John Walker to look up to her and be like, Elaine, Venice. <laughs> like, I don't know if any of you watch Seinfeld out there, but it's a pretty funny sitcom out there. Yeah, wow. Um, it's what a, a piece of grammar that was right there. It was. It's, it's a, there's a sitcom out there, and that's a funny sitcom. <laughs> yeah. Um, it reminds me of um, almost WandaVision. Wait, what reminds you of WandaVision? The sitcom word. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's a very confusing conversation um, her between her and uh, John Walker, but maybe possibly it could be setting up the Thunderbolts uh, with working yeah. with Thaddeus Ross, with General Ross. And for those of you who don't know who the Thunderbolts are, they're basically Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad from DC. And uh, she tells him to pick up the phone when she calls him, and she'll be in contact shortly. So maybe she could be working with Ross on starting this, you know, we find in a bit uh, where Zemo's headed and that John Walker could be declared obviously not as Captain America anymore, but part of the Thunderbolts, possibly as his comic role of U.S. agent. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe something like that. But after this whole scene, we cut to Carly and the rest of the Flag Smashers who are sort of going back to this one place we saw in episode uh, four, I want to say. Mm-hmm. when Yeah, where, where uh, Mama Donia died and yeah. uh, Zemo offered the candies to the kids. Yeah. And we go back there, They're, they go back there, and she talks about losing count of how many people they've lost uh, throughout this whole movement. And then she says the movement is ready. So this whole movement that's ready, we know it takes place in New York City. Um, we saw at the end with the GRC council, and possibly, uh, I'll get into this a little bit later, throughout the whole New York City battle, which All I right. think is going to be the battle for the final episode. Me too. We find that out later, though. Uh, we cut to Sokovia. Um, we saw this little scene in the trailer with Zemo standing at a Sokovian memorial, obviously reflecting the events of Avengers Age of Ultron. And Zemo's melody from Civil War plays again that bum, 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 mm-hmm. bum. Uh, Bucky arrives with a gun in his hand. 
um, Zemo says that he he thought he'd come sooner, I think, and then yeah. they talk a little bit, and Bucky eventually draws the gun and cocks it and aims it straight at Zemo's head. Um, after a little bit of time, he pulls the trigger, but it ends up being a blank, and right after that, uh, Bucky gives a little smirk, and then he holds his other hand up, and he drops all the bullets that should have been in the gun. Right. And right after that, the Dora Milaje show up to take Zemo to, uh, Io says, to the raft, which we saw in the end of Civil War, where they were keeping Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, uh, Falcon, Ant-Man, everyone like that, which is operated by uh, Thaddeus Ross, by General Ross. So this is another thing, you know, obviously those Avengers are out of the raft, but could this be setting up Thunderbolts as they're bringing in Zemo? They could possibly, uh, Val could possibly bring in John Walker. We could see some other villains in there, you know, that we've seen in the past, but that could possibly set up the Thunderbolts. Movie. And uh, I don't know who's on the Thunderbolts, but I know um, we saw of Agatha, Agatha Harkness, she could be she could be in there now that the government got involved with that Wanda situation and yeah you know now that there's no barrier there it's just a town yeah she's current she is still in Westview but after Wanda left could the government have gotten her ha their hands on her I think the government definitely I mean why wouldn't they have gone into Westview and checked everything out you know mm -hmm. they knew that Wanda had you know affected the molecular structure of everything in there when the barrier was up yeah you know so they probably went in there especially because they had you know that vision they had that vision that they made, and now that he's gone, you know, they're probably looking for him. And Yeah, he's still out and about right now. Yeah, I think Agatha's going to have a huge role in the MCU. I hope so. Honestly. Me too. She's I loved really her character. Cool character. Yeah. After Io uh, begins to leave to take Zemo to the raft, Bucky asks her for a favor, and that's how that little scene ends. But I'm thinking, um, I, I didn't think this right in the moment, but after seeing stuff later, could this favor be... A new set of falcon suit or a new set of wings for the falcon suit i think so probably out of anything vibranium maybe reflecting his comic book accurate look i say i think so i think that Cap stuff yeah i think that kind of goes back to when captain america um sorry when he brought bucky to wakanda to freeze him but then bucky got a new arm mm -hmm. i think that's kind of bucky doing the same thing to sam sam got his arm or his bucky got his arm you know shot off it was basically ripped off mm -hmm. sam got his wings ripped off so i think you know this is instead of steve giving bucky a new arm this is bucky giving sam a new arm slash yeah wing slash new entire suit they sort of reflect the same way through mm -hmm. both characters um we're nearing the middle ish of the episode right now but we cut to sam going to visit isaiah bradley and uh, he brings the shield with him and on on his way to the house on the street he runs into elijah bradley and asks him where he is, who tells him he's in the backyard. And Elijah Bradley, uh, his character is Patriot from the Young Avengers in the comics. Mm -hmm. and he's sort of a Captain America-esque uh, type thing, or type uh, superhero. But we haven't really seen any of that yet, unless they decide to do something with bringing back Billy and Tommy from WandaVision as Wiccan and Speed, and then bringing in uh, or Elijah as Patriot. But we'll see about that. Uh, Sam finds Isaiah uh, in the backyard, and he asks him what went wrong. He just wants to know what went wrong with what went wrong with him being a super soldier. And Sam says he could have been the next Captain America, but Isaac or Isaiah Bradley disagrees with Sam after being a black super soldier. You know, he had said that never the government would never let a black man be Captain America or someone right. in that type of role. Yeah. 
they get inside the house and Isaiah has these letters in this box that were we find out from his wife when he was in jail and he never actually got the letters in jail they they wouldn't give them to him they were just locked in this box that he has now and she thought his wife thought that he was dead and was gone throughout this whole thing while he was in prison but they were really just covering it up he was still alive there the whole time he was given the super soldier serum uh, back in the day before he was eventually in prison uh, they were told it was tetanus that they just in injected into them and they went on missions as this group of people who got injected some died and some got captured and Isaiah's leader had talked about blowing the camp to hell is what he said but Isaiah thought that, you know, those were his brothers, those were his men, and he needed to save them. And that sort of reflects just like the way Captain America saved Bucky and Dum Dum Dugan and all his war buddies in Captain America, the first Avenger. Right. Uh, Isaiah busted out of the facility one night and brought his uh, soldiers, his brothers, back. And he was eventually, you know, over time in this era, he was eventually the last man standing uh, with the super soldier serum. All of his other brothers in arms, they sort of fell they died and for the next 30 years as people started to find out and hydra started to find out that he was the last super soldier standing they experimented on him they were trying to figure out how the serum worked why it worked on him and event and just ruining his life but this nurse um he said felt pity or had pity which she felt sorry for him and declared him dead and then gave him the notes and letters from his wife that the that Hydra had been uh, hiding from him the whole time. Yeah. And that's when I think things for him really took an emotional turn, you know, because his wife found out that he was declared dead when he really wasn't, and she just had given up hope and she left. And there was no way that he could see her again because uh, he tells Sam that if he was resurrected and brought back to life and everyone found out, that he wouldn't last a day because Hydra would eventually find out that he was still alive and they yeah. wouldn't want that. And I'd say they would kill him right away, possibly still experiment on, on him, but with all this time that's passed, I'm going to go with the fact that they'd kill him right away. Uh, yeah, I would say they either kill him or, you know, his story gets out and the government makes up some, like, BS story about, you know, how it's not true or, mm -hmm. you know, how they didn't know or, you know, it's just, it's, this whole scene to me is is so, is so one important you know as far as today's society but two it's just so important for the mcu because like he said you know there's they're never gonna allow you know a black man to be captain america and i think for sam that really hits home because he this entire thing this entire show has just been can i be what steve wanted me to be which would be what he was mm -hmm. you know this this like Steve Steve Rogers was the perfect American. Yeah. You know, he, you know, even down to the, you know, the stereotypical blonde hair, blue eyes, tall, white, but Claude is beyond that as far as, you know, doing things for your neighbor and just being like an overall perfect person. You know, Sam has mm -hmm. just been dealing with that, you know, and now that, you know, uh Isaiah brings in the race factor of they're never going to let a black man be Captain America. I think that's just it's all just like wearing on Sam's mind of, you know, what am I going to do to be, sh should I be Captain America or should I stay the Falcon? And, you know, what should I do with the shield then? Should I give it to Bucky? Should, you know, we find another Captain America, see how that goes, which it wouldn't go good. Or maybe 
you know, combine both of the two, become Captain America and stay the Falcon. Right. Which we see in the comics. Right. And there's, you know, and I think that this whole scene is just really pivotal in Sam's mind just because it opens up this whole new section of thinking of, you know, I can't be Steve because he is, you know, you know, the perfect human as far as, you know, quality and just like how perfect he is outside of the super soldier serum. Willpower. Right. Plus he has a super soldier serum, which I don't have. And now, you know, how would America view me as Captain America since I'm since I'm a black man? Yeah, I think that's what John Walker was thinking too. Just because he he felt like he had everything, you know, he had the training and he got the shield and he has the uniform and he's working for the government. But he didn't have one thing Cap had in his mind, which was the super soldier serum. But he, in reality, is missing everything else that Cap had, which was all of his personality, all his qualities and his character, which completely defeat the purpose of, I think, having another Captain America. I would go for Sam or Bucky, but giving it to somebody else who wasn't basically a brother with Steve Rogers is just not acceptable i want to say yeah it's not it's not okay (laughs) right he's this man in the 1940s who had the perfect qualities to become a super soldier sierra sierra soldier to become a super soldier and it worked and i don't think that that should be passed on unless it was given his like Steve's permission as he right. did to Sam. And like uh like Val says, the shield technically isn't the government's property. Mm-mm. As much as, you know, Tony said it was his dad's, Steve thought it was his, you know. Mm-hmm. Then the government steps in and goes, The shield's ours, you know, you need to give it to us. It's what Steve would have wanted or whatever. Um well, But like sh- Val said, yeah. you know, the shield is the shield is whoever's. I mean technically it's Steve's. Or Shields, but Shield isn't there anymore, so now it's Steve's. Steve gave the shield to Sam, and I mean, I guess in that aspect, Sam gave the shield to the government, mm-hmm. but the government can't be like, well, we want it back now. Right. I think I think Sam Sam's going to keep it. We know he is, and I'm glad he is, and I think he should have kept it from the beginning because that's what Steve wanted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, however Sam was feeling about it, I'm glad that he just has the, the shield now. That's what Steve wanted, and I'm, I'm glad Marvel took it in that direction. Um, just because, you know, it, it just really nicely rounds out the entire story. Yeah. We can backtrack a little bit to, let's play who has, whose property, who's the shields, who's, who has property (laughs) of the shield. Let's play who has property of the shield. So we started in Captain America, the first Avenger, when Cap was picking out new shields, you know, ones that didn't look like they were made of cardboard for shows for people who thought he was a cool superhero or public figure, but originally Howard Stark um, told him it's the rarest metal on Earth in what was the SSR, um, or in his now shield, and then it got through through to shield to Captain America, Cap gave it to Sam, Sam gave it to the government, government gave it to John Walker, and now it's in possession of Sam Wilson. So that's basically the, the track of what the shield's doing right now. And as far as Isaiah Bradley, Sam wants to bring him back to life you know, he wants to get him back out in the world. And he says things are different and that he knows people who can do it. And Isaiah immediately says, like I said, he thinks he'd be dead in a day if he was revived. And then he follows it with, they will never let a black man be Captain America. And this whole conversation is just throughout the episode, but mainly here is inspiring Sam to become the next Captain America. Yeah. It's really pushing him from what he originally thought after he got the shield from Steve. 
throughout, like I said, the entirety of the episode. And he then, after talking with Isaiah Bradley, uh, calls Sarah, his sister, and tells him that he's coming back home. So immediately we cut to the the boat at uh, Sarah's property, and Sam's nephews and him are working on uh, the netting in the bottom of the boat. And the nephews are telling him that Sarah doesn't want to sell it because it's quote-unquote too messed up. But she's really feeling, I think, what Sam felt in the first episode where, you know, it's it's their family's legacy and it's been in the family for so long and she doesn't want to sell it anymore. And that's what she's thinking now. Um, Sam calls all the neighbors and friends that owe him and Sarah favors throughout the years, you know, whether it was helping other kids with homework or packing lunches for other kids like we saw in this episode to get all their friends and family to work on the boat to get it to be able to be sold. And then uh, we see Bucky just out of the blue arrive and he he puts that super soldier serum, you know, that strength to good use, someone struggling to lift <laughs> this box and, you know, he just grabs it and just looks like he could have done it with just like one finger, just puts it on the ground. Or a metal arm. Oh, wait. Well, he has a metal arm. Did you not know that? Wait, he does? Yeah, it's actually made of vibranium. It's the strongest and rarest metal on earth. Huh. Some might uh, conflict that with proto-adamantium, though. Which, are which what is in Wolverine's claws are made of. Oh, Wolverine. Okay, yeah. Which is also a version of the shield in the comics. Right. And there's a theory out there actually that I'll get to that when we actually get to the post credit scene. But we'll continue post-credit here. Post credit scene. Yes. But we'll continue here. Sorry. So, uh, Bucky brings a box to Sam that um, looks like obviously it's made from Wakanda, from what he was talking about with Io, that he owes um, them a favor, or that she he wants a favor from her and that box is kind of left to the side until the end of the episode but throughout this whole huge montage of everyone working and helping together uh bucky and sarah meet and bucky just is flirting with her the for for some time there and sam tells him to stop and if you do i'll I'll have carlos cut you up and feed you to the fish is what he says which is it's funny honestly yeah you know i really enjoyed that whole thing because you know, as we've seen, Bucky really has a hard time connecting with people and making friends. And for him to see Sarah and immediately kind of start flirting with her, eye flirting and stuff like that, I think it was really funny. Plus, you know, Sam being the older brother, kind of being like, "Dude, what are you doing with my <laughs> sister right now?" Yeah, that whole aspect I thought was really funny. Mm-hmm. And right after that part uh, where he tells you to feed them to the fish, uh, we cut to John Walker visiting the family of Lamar Hoskins. And he goes to tell them about Lamar's death, about how uh, Carly was the one who killed him, but he doesn't say that because he thinks Nico was the one. Um, he, he tells them that Nico was the killer um, when he doesn't know it was Carly, which is, it's not, I wouldn't say it's frustrating enough to be frustrating for the audience, but, you know, it's a little frustrating for him to blame it on someone else when he doesn't realize that it was a different person. I th- and personally, I think he understands that it was Carly, but he lashed out, and to back his own actions, he's telling them, yeah, I killed the right guy. Mm-hmm. You know, when he says, you can rest easy knowing that, you know, the guy who killed Lamar is, is dead, and he isn't. Mm-hmm. She isn't. I think he. I think he's doing it to... And that whole fight scene, going back to the fight scene with Bucky and Sam, is he puts Bucky up against the, a wall and goes, why are you making me do this? Why are you making... He's... You're not... Nobody's <laughs> forcing you to fight them. Right. Nobody forced you to kill that guy. You know, you're doing it on your own. He's making excuses for himself because he doesn't want to fail, but also because he sucks and I hate him. Dare, dare I say, 
he is about 27% psychopath at this point. I would even go maybe over 28, would you 29. Would push it to 28? Okay. I would push it to 29% psycho. I can deal with that, honestly. Dare I say, let me stretch out a little bit here. I'm saying 30. Oh my. I... I don't know. This is a take. Studio 51, MCU Unmasked podcast, said it here first. That's true. John Walker's 30% psychotic. Take that one to the papers, kids. Copyright Studio 51, 2021. Alrighty, so we cut to Sharon Carter nice. um, and Madripoor. She calls Batrock on the phone, and she tells him that she has a job for him, and we hear some shouting on the other end in his language, and... Uh, you know, she, she's like, are you finished? And then she tells him that she'll pay him double this time. And we find out that eventually he was recruited to work with the Flag Smashers. And we learn about that in a, in a few minutes here. But before, the, before we actually see Sharon, it shows like a hallway and where she is. In that painting on the wall, that's called the Ship of Medusa. And it's funny because I actually learned about that, about this painting in one of my classes at school. And I don't really remember anything about it. I just figured I'd put that out there. Right. Yeah. Good job going to class and really getting into the learning there. Yeah, that was Art History 105. Oh, wow. Overview of non-Western art history. Non-Western? Yeah. Good for you, pal. Exactly. But, you know, we'll save that for another day. Right. We cut to uh, back at uh, Sarah's property, and Bucky wakes up on the couch, nightmare-free, mind you, to Sam's nephews playing with the shield and, you know, playing a little action hero, and he smiles, and then he's like, hey! And they're like, go, 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 put it away, put it away. And, you know, he gives them that smile. And we cut to uh, Sam in the bottom of the boat working on the engine. And Bucky comes down, and they start helping each other. And we just get some more boat work, uh, some more boat montage work. We cut later to Bucky and Sam throwing the shield around the backyard, like we saw in the trailer footage. And uh, Sam or Bucky says, when Steve told me what, what he was planning, which is um, confirming that... Steve did tell him about going back in time to live with Peggy and to relive his life, you know, as he'd always dreamed of living it, which we thought. Because in, in that endgame scene when Steve was about to go back, he says, don't do anything stupid till I get back. What do you mean? <laughs> don't do anything stupid till I get back. How can I? You're taking all the stupid with you. And, you know, he says, I'm going to miss you, buddy. And he said, it's going to be all right, Buck. And that's that's what we thought implied, the fact that he already knew. And this really confirms that right there. Um, Bucky ends up saying, the shield's the closest thing I've got left to a family, which is what you were saying earlier. And it it is, you know. Steve's gone. He doesn't have any more of... I don't know if Bucky was in a barbershop quartet like we heard in Captain America the Winter Soldier, but they're dead, if anything. So that is the only thing that he's got left right now besides Sam, um, but Bucky tells Sam that part of the Winter Soldier is still there because of the nightmares, and, you know, even though that he's having them all the time, it, you can, it confirms that they're still there, that the Winter Soldier is still playing a small part of his life, because uh, he can't seem to forget about it or stop dreaming about it. But Sam uh, pulls some of that Captain America the Winter Soldier um, sort of talking of, of his works, there's a word that I'm trying to say for that. He's he's talking people through it. That'll work. And, you know, he talks Sam, or he talks Bucky through the fact that he needs to do the work to get out of the situation. To, you know, pick a name on the list and stop, stop amending and stop fixing things and 
telling people that you were the Winter Soldier, but you're doing better now, but actually apologize and make them feel good. Give them that closure. And we think that this is referring to Amori's son from the first episode, um, who we saw him kill in that dream sequence, that he needs to apologize to him and make him feel better to really be of service to him. Because I think, obviously, it would be sad at first to find out that one of his friends killed his son, even though it wasn't really him, but to get that closure and actually feel better. Another form of Sam's way of talking to people is what we just saw. You know, he's he's able to do this. We saw it with the, the, this, the group in The Winter Soldier, and we saw it with Carly for a bit before John came in and ruined it, and we just saw it with Sam a little more. And then after uh, Sam and Bucky part ways, um, they tell each other that uh, to, to, they'll be in touch, they'll be in contact if we find any more leads on Carly or the Flag Smashers. And then they talk about how they're not friends and they're not partners, they're just co-workers. And then we cut to this awesome montage of Sam training with the S.H.I.E.L.D. and really starting to become Captain America. And this whole footage, this all this right here has really been helped by that conversation with Isaiah Bradley. He's really, really motivated him to actually get up and do his own part, his own work, to become this next Captain America. And I can't help but to think this is happening because of that. Uh, we cut to Carly and the Flag Smashers in New York City, and Batroc actually arrives with them with weapons that he's brought. And this is where I'm thinking maybe the final battle could happen for the series. Uh, could we see a possible cameo or crossover by Avengers or people in the MCU that we've seen because they live in New York City, like Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange. Oh. Spider-Man, or possibly something like that. And Iron Man. Oh, Iron. Oh, wait. No, because in Avengers Endgame, he's dead. Yeah, actually, Shizzle. which is a little hard to cope with, honestly. Now that you said that, I think I may need it's all right. tissue. Thank you. I don't have any. I'm sorry. <laughs> but maybe a possible crossover there. Maybe something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Batrock says that he's only there to kill the Falcon, and he's getting paid double uh, by by Sharon to do it. Not to kill the Falcon, but to to work with Carly for whatever she's planning, for whatever this movement is. But uh, maybe, does the power broker want the Falcon dead? Um, Batrock said he's there to kill the Falcon. Does Is that the want of the power broker? Is it through Sharon? Does Sharon know about we don't know. the fact that the Falcon wants to be dead? We don't know. My question, do you think we'll find out finally who the power broker is next episode? I don't know. But here's the thing, and we can do this. I This is going to be a little bit off topic. The trailer for saying um, Chang Chi came out, right? Mm-hmm. There's a scene where they are in a fight club. Mm-hmm. Or what looks like a cage match kind of fight club. Yeah. There is, and I saw this on the, I saw this on Instagram. There is, in the bottom left corner, barely visible, the Madripoor logo. Oh really? Now, stay with. Are you with me? Oh, stay with me. I know me. where you're going with. Stay this. with me here. If if that, let's just say that that is run. By the looks of the trailer, it looks like it's run by the Ten Rings. You know who runs the Ten Ring? The, the Mandarin. Mandarin. 
the man. I was gonna say Mandalorian. Sorry, wrong, <laughs> yeah, wrong Disney show. You're building this up. I know. You're gonna say <laughs> the wrong word. <laughs> the Mandarin. All right. So if the Mandarin is in Madripoor, a lawless city, mm-hmm. and the power broker is also an unseen, uh, yet to be seen character in the MCU, who is in Madripoor, Madripoor. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Could they be the same person? That is now. Let me tell you this. If oh, um, we're going to break down, by the way, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings in an, in an episode after the series is concluded for Falcon and Winter Soldier aerial oversight. But if that trailer footage is accurate, where we see those Ten Rings in that one scene with the man sitting in front of him, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yep. If that's accurate to be the Mandarin that we saw in the trailer, and we also saw in Madripoor on the wall, we saw power brokers watching with the eyes. Mm-hmm. If those eyes on the wall are the same eyes of the power broker, unless it's just a random person and someone put the, put it up there for suspense or something like mm-hmm, that, right? then those could not be the same people. Then again, that's all speculation. We don't I, officially know who the Mandarin is. Right. We don't... Well, we know who the Mandarin is. Oh, I forget his name. Um, something Chun. Something Chun. And he is Shang-Chi's dad. And that's why, like, the whole Shang-Chi and the Mandalorian have this big thing because Shang-Chi ran away or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the reason that I think, the big reason why I think the Mandalorian is the power broker, the man, wow, the big reason I think the Mandarin is the power broker is because the power, we have never seen the power broker, ever. Mm -hmm. We've only heard of him. And if nobody in Madripoor has seen him, you know, and that graffiti was done, I don't think those eyes would match. Mm. just because i think people are going to look for that but in my mind it's illogical to do that because nobody nobody's really seen the power broker unless you're high ranking and if you're high ranking like sharon carter or if you work for him or whatever you're not going to graffiti a wall that says the power broker is watching or possibly zemo even zemo's mentioned the fact that he knows the power broker he's used those male pronouns like gabe said right but does has he seen him in real life i mean people you know in Iron Man 3, when we thought we kind of met the real Mandarin slash the actor slash the um, AIM guy, you know... Aldrich uh, Killian. Thank you. You know, it was still... Like, that whole Mandarin thing was still very unknown, and it was very, like, kind of backseat. Um, uh, Killian was kind of, like, backseat driving. He was in the background, you know, you know toying with everybody... I think that's what the Mandarin's doing here, the real Mandarin. Right. I think he's, you know, if he talks to people, he's not going to show them his face. And I think Marvel's going to, Marvel's been setting that up as we've never seen, we've never seen the power broker. The Mandarin just got introduced to us in this trailer. We've never seen him before except for in this trailer. Maybe. When, when, when would we have seen them? In the trailer, maybe. We don't know if that's officially him or not. It is. We don't know that. Yes, it is. That's that's him. That's that's just because there's ten rings behind him doesn't mean he's the man. No. No. If you listen have you watched the trailer? I have. I don't think you have. Because twice. No, because the entire the entire background track of that of that whole like scene where we see him, um so what we see is we see Shang Shang Chi like leave a leave a helicopter Mm -hmm. with his dad with short hair. His si- his sister and one of his friends. Okay. That scene after that, we see supposedly in your in, in your mind, which I it, the we see the Mandarin with the ten rings behind him, 
we see him maybe and that is that okay but listen that character is the same as shang chi's dad that character sitting in the rings is the same as shang chi's dad okay and shang chi's dad is the mandarin i am fully willing to continue this argument when we actually break down the trailer but did we finish Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Let's sorry. Finish this episode <laughs> yeah, <first>. Sorry. <laughs> so after Sharon's little scene or Batroc's scene with the Flag Smashers, we intercut to Sam watching the news as Torres calls him and he's telling. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. And he's telling him how the Flag Smashers, before they ever hit a place, uh, there was a little ping on a worldwide map um, about you know how how the flag smashers got other people to participate like we saw in the first episode where torres was given a mask and just ran around to confuse the authorities there to not know who was in charge or who was actually making the hit and run and uh, he talks about to sam how they could be using vpns on where they're actually pinging those locations or not but the next ping was in new york city and we find that that's probably where the, the, the Flag Smashers hits are going to conclude at that GRC uh, council meeting, which we'll see um, a little bit more. It looks like they were talking about heroes and what to do with them and the, the actions they're doing and things like that. But uh, the Flag Smashers are infiltrating the GRC count, the meeting, and the lights go out, everything turns red, and then that's all we get. We don't get anything more after that. But right, right from that cut, we go to Sam, who, oh, who's looking at the briefcase that Bucky gave him from Io, from the Dora Milaje, uh, that favor that Bucky asked for. He opens the case, uh, the camera cuts from seeing the inside of the case to the back of the case as he's opening it, seeing his face, and the music's building, it's starting to swell. Sam takes a deep breath, and the music swells. And he's looking at it. We don't see a smile or anything. It's just sort of like a, okay, I have to do this sort of feeling. And then we cut right into the credits. And the credits don't always mean that the feature film, TV series, whatever, is over, as we've seen with literally every Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Because right after those main credits, or those cinematic credits, and we see John Walker in... I don't know, a garage, a house, a factory, something. Yeah, I think it was... It It was weird because it looked like the factory that he um, was in when he got the crap beat out of him by Sam and Bucky. Did you notice that? It just kind of... The background kind of seemed like that same warehouse idea. I doubt it's the it same. It seemed too small. It seemed like too much of a small place. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, never mind. But we see him hammering metal and fusing things together, and that hammering sound instantly reminded me of iron man that shot when he was in the cave with a box of scraps i don't get it oh yeah, nice took a second. got it yeah the um yep yeah. got it obadiah Tony stark built this in a cave with, with a bunch of scraps yeah and then we see the guy he was talking to i forget his name was it was working with um quentin beck mysterio in spider-man far from home that's that's going a little off topic here. Yes. But we see him wow. fusing and soldering and uh, hammering these things into place, and eventually we see that he's crafting a new shield, and he's giving it a paint job. My question is, okay, great, you know how to make a shield, but what is it made of? It's not vibranium, so what kind of metal could it be using? Is it just 
scrap metal from a box of scrap. I don't know what it could be. <laughs> um, I mean, he, he doesn't have the authority anymore to get vibranium. Mm-hmm. I saw a little bit that, you know, logically people are going to go, well, it's adamantium because he has to keep up with, you know, he's not going to be able to like, throw the shield at all. Yeah, or where would he get adamantium? Exactly. This, I'm betting you, I will fully bet you that this is aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was like... The pizza in the fridge, that is, oh my goodness, and he pieced it together there. Right. Or, or. what he did is, did you, wait, did you not see the cutscene where Lamar was like, dude, I have this extra stack of adamantium in my back pocket. Oh, and no. John, oh, you didn't see that? Was that yeah. in an earlier episode? Yeah, that was in like a, a couple first. He goes, um, dude, I just found this like 10-pound stack of adamantium in my backyard. Do you want to have it? And John was like... Eh, not really. This one guy but. with scruffy spiked hair just gave me a huge stack of ad- proto-adamantium. You'll need this. And, and then he died. And then he put a cigar in his mouth and just walked away. It was so weird. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, how effective would it be if it's not vibranium or proto-adamantium? Just- <laughs> it's not going to balance the same, the physics. <laughs> just think about him. Like, walk. Like there's a huge <laughs> fight going on. And John Walker's walking down the streets and you're like... Hell yeah. And he gets there, he goes to throw the shield, and he just goes like five feet and just drops and just breaks. He's just like, all right. I just, spent so much time on that with my box of scraps. And he just goes, he's just like, all right. And he just goes, that's, what, that's all we're going to see. We're going to see John Walker like walk the street. We're not going to see him for the rest of the episode because he threw the shield and like hit somebody in the back and they just like turned around. Like, flicked them into, like, three-story buildings. Yeah, but vibranium, it seems, you know, it's obviously earthly material, but it seems sort of mystical in the fact, and we we can, uh, we see that in Captain America Civil War when uh, Steve and uh, Tom Holland, or when Peter Parker have their little confrontation, and Steve throws the shield at him, and then he says, that thing doesn't obey the laws of physics at all. You know, that's, that's the thing about vibranium. Vibranium, it's different. It's not like aluminum or any other type of metal that box of scraps exactly that he could be making so i don't know what kind of material that is i don't know what it's going to do but in that mid-season trailer we saw him uh against carly in like sort of what like what looked like a dark lit street and he throws the shield at her and she kicks it away cuts from there i don't know maybe she kicks it and it just falls apart maybe it is some sort of i don't know leftover boxes crafts of vibranium or something like that but i just don't know i just don't know why he would in his mind i mean he's delusional so maybe that explains it but why would he build a shield made out of metal found in his garage and be like you know what bucky's vibranium arm sam's new vibranium wings like 20 super soldiers yeah i got it by myself with my box of scrap metal (laughs) like and I just, I just don't see him going into this fight, and like, ha- and I mean, he's deluded, right? So I sure. get, I mean, in his mind, he's probably going, "Dude, the shield rocks, about to go in there and kill Carly, and then I'm gonna leave and go back to like, you know, and I'm gonna be a hero," which isn't gonna happen because he has a shield spray painted, spray painted, made out of box of scraps. That was always a question there was in my mind, you know, that shield was painted in for Captain America too in the 40s but that thing being bumped around and nicked so much and scraped like what we saw also with Black Panther which stayed until the end of the movie but how is that paint not worn off however in Winter Soldier the paint looked a little more faded a little more desaturated it wasn't as bright and vibrant and stuff but is maybe that like mystical paint uh, <laughs> something it, yeah it's vibranium welded paint I mean I don't know I mean I feel like 
if you're putting, I mean, vibranium is not real, so we don't know, you know, how it holds paint. Maybe they just went to Lowe's, like, Captain America was like, <laughs> went to Lowe's and just got some, you know, red, white, and blue. Who knows? Something like that. It could be Maybe. just perfectly fitting like a puzzle piece. Fitting like a box of scraps. But maybe, yeah, after... Like a box of scraps! <laughs> but after this whole episode, after this series, <laughs> could John Walker be recruited into the Thunderbolts? Which I think is going to happen. Or Me too. Or will he just come out as U.S. agent, as that off-grid type, you know, I wouldn't say... I don't want to say villain, but I don't want to say hero. You know, some and he's sort not of a vigi- Yeah, he's not a vigilante. He's just kind of like a D-bag. Exactly. He's just kind of there, just like killing people, and you're like, "Why, dude?" Exactly. I think I would call him a villain. I, at this at this point, he killed an innocent guy, felt no remorse for it. You know, thinks he's in the right. He's delusional. He's a villain. Yeah, for sure. For and sure. um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. It's getting so late. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, no, I think he's gonna be a villain. I do want to see the Thunderbolts come into play. This whole oh, yeah. this whole idea of like the Thunderbolts has been a th- has been in the back of my mind since the Incredible Hulk movie. Is that canon in the Marvel Universe? It is, yeah. It is? Yeah. It's just a recast. Right. I want to... I mean, I guess I want to see a new one with... um, I want to see... I wanted to see a remake for a while. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting off topic. All right. Anyway, um, ever since we saw Thaddeus Ross experimenting with the Super Soldier Serum, Mm -hmm. there's always been that little bit of debate in the background of, you know... Is is the Thunderbolts going to be a thing? Is there going to be like a Marvel Suicide Squad? And now with this char- the, with the introduce with the introduction of you know Agatha Harkness, now U.S. Agent slash John Walker, Zemo, Zemo, um, the Mandarin's going to be coming, and that can introduce a whole you know slew of sl- slew of villains. Um, I mean, there's just so many. I mean, and they could probably just introduce the Raft is you know holds a ton of villains. They could just probably introduce a couple there and, you know, not really include their backstory. We've got a few more days until this finale, and we cannot wait for all of these questions that yeah. we've thought of to be answered. You know, everything that's going on with this and all the characters and what's going to happen to the Flags Masters and things like that. But after this series, it's going to be really exciting. And also, we'll be breaking down the uh, Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings trailer, along with the Black Widow trailer, as soon as we release and put out this uh finale for the falcon and the winter soldier yeah we're gonna try to recap this one just like we recapped wandavision uh just like we titled it wandavision a closer look into westview but make sure you stream the latest episodes of aerial oversight and wandavision a closer look into westview on spotify apple podcast stitcher or rss or wherever you're listening to now check out the youtube channel at studio 51 on youtube and make sure you check out the website that we just put up that ryan was work has been working his cheeks off making the studio 51 fx.com website check it out it's got all of our youtube all of our websites on it it's great it looks fantastic it's chic clean right to the point with a it's a lot of stuff but the least amount of stuff you could see on a website it's perfect (laughs) yeah that's studio on or studio 51 fx that's two letters fx.com you can check that out wherever you want today but thank you for listening to aerial oversight i'm ryan i'm aiden and have a good one peace (laughs) 